Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. Hear that? It's the call of the crave. And when the crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 bacon bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the bacon cheese slider, 1921 bacon cheese slider, or chicken bacon ranch slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 bacon bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Hey, by the book listeners, Kristen here. Did you know that you can receive a weekly by the book affirmation mini-sode plus the rules of every book that we've lived by? It's easy. All you have to do is become a member of our Patreon community. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash listen to buy the book. Again, that's patreon.com slash listen to buy the book, or just look at the episode description from today's show. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So, maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Jolenta. Yes, Kristen. It has been one week since we lived by beauty fades. Dumb is forever, and you know what that means. Well, it's time for another By the Book mini-episode. That's right. It's time for another Buy the Book epilogue. This week, we're looking at the aftermath of living by Beauty Fades, Dumb as Forever, The Making of a Happy Woman by Judge Judith Scheinlin. But before we get to that, some announcements. Announcement number one. You guys, we got merch. Did you know that? It's true. The Pod Swag store exists, and it has tote bags and tank tops and magnetic bookmarks, of course, because you guys are probably big readers. Uh, there are <laughs> books uh, signed by us that we've written, and basically anything you could want with a buy-the-book logo on it. 
you can get it there. Pop in to buy graduations gifts, Mother's Day's gifts, Father's Day gifts, just a gift for yourself, a gift for a friend that says, hey, I've been thinking about you, a gift for an enemy. <laughs> you can find all of the Buy the Book merch you want and a lot of the merch for your other favorite podcasts, too, at podswag.com. Kristen, what's the website once more? That is podswag.com, spelled P-O-D-S-W-A-G.com. And announcement number two you can always join our mailing list by going to kristenandjolenta.com and hitting the subscribe button there. We only send out about two or three newsletters a year because, you know, we don't want to inundate your inbox. We don't want to become spam to you. We want to be your friends in your inbox just a few times a year. So sign up at kristenandjolenta.com. Again, that's kristenandjolenta.com. Okay. Should we get this mini episode underway? and get to talking about Judge Judy and her book? Yes, let's do it. Let's start with people who maybe have read the book or see the value in Judge Judy's message, Mm -hmm. uh, starting with Jen. Jen says, I read Beauty Fades Dumb as Forever when I was 18 or 19 in college, and the book made a lot of sense for those times. It was the 1990s. A lot of us had grown up in homes during the divorce boom. We'd watched our mothers struggle to raise kids while trying to pay the bills with far less education and far fewer resources than the men had. And yes, many of us wanted a guidebook to not end up like our moms. I know the book seems antiquated now, but back then it was tapping into real issues women in America were facing. Yes, I feel like that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I can say as somebody who also grew up during the divorce boom, Mm -hmm. absolutely. My mother was dealing with that inequity. Uh, All of my friends' moms were, you know, women just, they were raised during that era to not have the same education or to have the same economic independence. And it made sense that this would have, you know, spoken to so many people back then to not end up in the same spot as their moms. Yeah, absolutely. Um, This next letter comes from Lindsay, who writes to say, I probably would like Judge Judy's book because it echoes every piece of advice I ever got from my mom, for better or for worse, including the weird opinions on medications. Why go there? As an engineer, I currently have no women direct reports, peers, or managers, so I can relate to feeling like you need to be a certain way to get respect as a woman with power in a male-dominated space. Yes. And Carol echoes Lindsay's sentiment saying, I don't think Judge Judy is totally wrong about learning how to play the game. Sadly, we live in a world where men are still on top. And while it would be great if we could all be like Norma Ray and start a union or like Jolenta and rant about our industry on Twitter, some of us are low-wage workers barely getting by in places with high unemployment and few opportunities. Yes, I'd love to be like Jolenta, but even Jolenta admits that she comes from a place of privilege where she can do that. Right. I very much agree. Um, I saw so much of this on um, Facebook and Instagram. A lot of people being like, this is exactly what my mom said. Like, plus it was necessary. And I, I totally agree. I mean, I feel like we see a lot of the vestiges of that, like with women in higher up positions uh, and workplaces right now and how they've had to like 
totally be able to bro out and like force themselves to drink like scotch on the rocks back in the day. I have like I've heard like my friend's moms tell all kinds of stories about how like that was the only way to like you know, not even be equal, but just be like 75% of like their male counterparts. And like, it was the only option. Yeah, but I think what Lindsay and Carol are getting at is really important too. It's not just our parents' generation. So many industries, it's Mm. still that way. Right. And, you know, I think Jolenta, you and I in some ways are like, oh, it was the past, it was the past. And we may have inadvertently framed it that way in the episode as just a past thing. But yeah, it's very true. There are a lot of Lindsay's and a lot of Carol's out there in jobs where, you know, this is very much the present. And, you know, even looking at the boards of Fortune 500 companies, if I'm not mistaken, like 90% of the seats are still men. This is still a man's world. All the Fortune 500 companies, how many are Mm -hmm. even headed by women? Almost none, right? It's a big fucking bummer. Yeah. It is. It definitely is. Yeah, I don't like that in 2021 we have an engineer writing us being like, I work with no women anywhere. Yeah. Uh, All right, let's move on, I guess. Um, (laughs) I mean, while a lot of you really resonated with Judy's advice, Judge Judy, I love that she is a judge. Why would I ever take that off of her title? Um, I apologize, Judge Scheindlin. Um, (laughs) But, I mean, not surprisingly, a lot of you had issues with Judge Judy's advice. Uh, Liz says, Judge Judy's book sounds like the kind of advice that my mom was consuming during my childhood about how women can do anything, shouldn't need a man to do anything for them, and shouldn't try to change their partners. I suppose the advice makes sense if your partner is lazy and you're doing everything while also having a full-time job and resenting the shit out of your partner. (laughs) I love my parents, and they love each other, but I don't want a marriage like that. My own husband and I struggle with me taking on too much, but we do a lot better than my parents did. I'm trying to model for my own kids that just because mommy can do anything, it doesn't mean she has to. Oh, that is such a valid, valid point, Liz. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Um, Yeah, and to go back to, you know, when Judy wrote this book, I think it was important, especially back then, for a lot of women to show they could do it all and not need a man. Mm -hmm. Because if you needed a man, sometimes you just got fucked over in the end. And, you know, the importance of self-reliance and so on. But just because you can do it all doesn't mean you should have to do it all. That's a very, very good point, Liz. Women tend to be fantastic multitaskers does not mean that we or the people around us need to take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. Susan says, um, (laughs) a completely unrelated note, but still related to the Mm, book. mm. She says, Judge Judy is not wrong about teenage boys being terrible at sex. But I'm not sure telling teenage girls that having sex is dumb is great. They're going to have sex. Instead, tell them to find out what makes them happy and teach that to their partner. And also, teach them that having sex with someone who isn't interested in learning what makes them happy Now that's what's dumb. Yes, Susan. Mm -hmm, Yes. mm -hmm. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yes. If somebody is not interested in learning how to make you feel good and how to have fun with you in a way that's fun for you, that is dumb. Absolutely. Right. 
And I mean, maybe I'm being dense, but part of me, every time I like thought about that advice or read it, I was like, I feel like Judge Judy is also subliminally telling young women to sleep with older men, even though she's, oh. I think she's pushing towards abstinence. But like in my mind, my workaround is like, great. So you got to fuck like 25 and up if you're really young. And I'm like, no, you what? With Why a am skill I thinking set. that? No. Yeah. No. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Maybe you can learn together and treat each other as equals. I don't know. Uh, uh, let's move on. <laughs> okay. Up next, we have a voicemail. Blah, 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 voicemail. I love voicemails. Please keep them coming, people. Um, yes. From Jennifer. Let's take a listen. Hey guys, this is Jennifer and I'm calling from Buffalo, which I appreciate Kristen's love for Buffalo. And I'm calling about the Judge Judy episode. I was freaking out. I was listening to the end of it in the shower and I just realized that I see the issue and the challenge, especially with Jolenta, with this. Judge Judy has made her brand all about her being a badass, no-nonsense person. What she lacks is empathy. And she behaves like having empathy is some sort of weakness. And the fact is you can be a, ba- a badass and still have empathy. And I think Jolenta proves that perfectly. She, Jolenta is a badass, no-nonsense person who also has a tremendous amount of empathy, which is exactly why she's ranting about people that are being abused on public radio and things like that. So anyway, I think that's why... Joanta really had a hard time with everything about it. It's because it's counterintuitive to the person that she is. Jennifer, well, thanks for complimenting me. And also, I um, I agree with you. I feel like I scream a lot about this, like, in a vacuum in my apartment or, like, to my spouse about, like, being strong, being powerful, being a good leader does not mean you have to forget about empathy. And, like, there are ways to care for people and be authoritative, and the two do not have to live separately. And I think the reason we have a lot of problems with corrupt leadership and stuff is because like we've equated empathy with weakness instead of um like a very good interpersonal strength that like most leaders should excel at yeah my two cents yes yes um now as far as kindness empathy compassion a few of you out there took issue with judge judy's language in this book let's listen to another voicemail Hi. So uh, I was listening to the recent episode, and what I was surprised didn't come up is just how terrible the language is. Like these words like dumb and idiot and like put being stupid, like those are all like really terribly ableist words against like, like people with learning disabilities have people call them these things like constantly. So to hear people say all these like, hateful, like, your brain isn't working right, words, like, as though it's a joke or funny somehow when, like, people say these words all the time in a, like, really cruel way, like, it's, it's just, it's not great. Um, yeah, (laughs) well, thank you for the show, and, um, yeah, hope you have a good day. Bye. Yeah, that voicemail is bringing up some very valid points. And again, I just want to say you're not the only one who took issue with the book for that reason. Um, And yeah, how we measure intelligence in this world, what words we use to put down people who don't necessarily 
tick all those boxes according to certain antiquated IQ tests and so on, all of this stuff, um, yeah, it's problematic. And Jolenta, I think it's interesting. Neither you or I, you know, even thought about that when we were living by this yeah. book about how ableist that language is. But it, it absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I grew up at least, and I feel like, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, Kristen, but like, I just feel like that language was used towards me so much. I also almost don't register it, which is like <laughs> fucking horrible. And it's literally something I work on in therapy all the time. Like my language usage is harsh and it's because I was exposed to harsh language and now it's like my constant inner monologue. So... I feel like I don't notice it because I'm so used to it. And also part of me, like, I feel like also unknowingly gave Judge Judy a pass because like that is also her brand of like mm -hmm. love that's so tough, it's borderline offensive. And like, that's why she's so watchable. So I guess I feel like it translates into just sort of really insulting language often at the reader who is looking for help or like using the examples of people she's come across uh, and like using that language towards them to illustrate their predicament and it's not coming across well. Yeah. And something we cut from the episode was a story that we originally had in there, Jolenta, was um, about how I spent, you know, most of my childhood, teens, 20s, being told how ugly I mm -hmm. was and, you know, being ridiculed for how I look. And so being able to celebrate my intelligence and be able to tell myself, like, well, at least I'm smart, at least I'm smart, at least I'm smart, that message helped me to feel better about right. myself because Lord knows the world wants girls to be pretty, and I certainly was not considered pretty. And so I, I think maybe for me, it was just reinforcing a belief I already had about myself. So I wasn't even thinking about the word dumb. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about the word beauty and the word ugly. So, you know, definitely something that uh, I should have taken notice of, and I didn't. We're all colored by our own trauma, and that's how we see the world. That's my new single. <laughs> I love that song, Jolenta. Uh, that's a rager. Love it. Thank you. On that beautiful note, we are going to take a quick break. Uh, but when we come back, we'll hear from you out there about all the ways you're living by Judge Judy's advice or not living by her advice. Stick around. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with Sirius XM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with Sirius XM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We 
we're back with listener comments about Beauty Fades, Dumb is Forever by Judge Judy. And now let's discuss the ways all of you out there are living Judy's advice or not living it. Let's start with some of my favorite Judge Judy advice, which is that women are master deniers. They stay with men who are bad for them, and they insist that he really loves me. And a lot of you agree. Amy says, that part really hit home. I was with a terrible person for 11 years. My mother actually told me that it's okay to be two separate people, the wife of this person and then who I really am in secret. I'm from the South, though, where the idea that women should be married and ideally at a very young age is deeply ingrained. Yeah, Amy, you know what? I don't think that's just in the South either, by the oh, way. Oh, no. I, I mean, I know that in the South, on average, uh, the age of a woman when she gets married the first time is younger than in the North. But I would say all over the world, the message is sent to women that you are more valuable if you are married. And even I can say as somebody who never aspired to get married, my my aspirations were have great affairs, love deeply, experience life to the fullest, have intensity. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't an aspiration of mine to get married. I, I always thought, oh, maybe I'll get married. Maybe I won't. If I do, it'll be great. If I don't get married. But I have got to say the world treats me differently as a married woman. Oh, for sure. I'm absolutely treated better. And any concern that people used to have or pity when they'd say, oh, are you married? And I'd say no. Um, You know, I look back on that and I'm like, God, that was so irritating to have so much of my life people pitying me because I wasn't Mm. married. So, um, Amy, it's not just in the South. It's everywhere. People really do like it when women are married. And can I just say, per Amy's mom's advice, I don't – I would say like – And to just change Judge Judy's advice, I wouldn't say, like, women are master deniers. I'd say, like, we're masters at, like, dissociating or, like, compartmentalizing because Mm. society demands it of us because it also places value on us being married, like, before we hit 25. Now, here's a letter from Shannon. Shannon says, so much social conditioning taught me that the attention I got was what I deserved, good or bad, and that protecting a man's ego was more important than my body or safety. Thus, I stayed in abusive relationship after abusive relationship. A lot of time, therapy, and shifting perspectives have helped me, but I'm still trying to break red flag patterns. It is hard. And I feel like we've all been there on some level, even if it's just like, oh, like, yeah, I made out with him to be nice. It's like, yeah. Why? Why? I tried to laugh it off when he was terrible to yeah, me. <laughs> exactly. I'm just going to laugh even though internally I'm sobbing. It's yes. so hard because like we are told the red flags are in our head for so long to then be able to give ourselves license to stop and listen to them. It's like profoundly difficult. Yeah. And Shannon also is tapping into something that we see in so many self-help books you get what you deserve, good or bad. Oh, right. if you just put this energy out into the universe, you'll get good things. That's and it's not like, true. No, that's not true. A lot of us put great kindness out into the universe and still get treated like shit by certain people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that Mm-mm. that is malarkey. Joanne said, beginning in high school, I let any guy walk all over me, and I was definitely taken advantage of. I just thought I had to have a boyfriend. It messed me up for many years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was my whole like sexual philosophy, like the take what you can get attitude. 
Yeah. Be grateful. At least someone's paying attention to you, even if they won't mm-hmm. be seen with you in public. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, whole thing. It's not even about being married. It's mm-hmm. just having a guy pay attention to you is so valuable, mm-hmm. right? Like our stock goes up when men see value in us, and that's shitty. Yeah. Jennifer says, let's not blame the women for staying with a bad guy. Let's blame the men for not being better. I think the same shaming of women for being dumb, for staying with a jerk, sometimes keeps them locked in because they're afraid to admit what's going on for fear of looking like a loser. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, that's my life philosophy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, it's true. It's... It's it's that societal standard of, like, essentially it's a woman's fault or, like, if it's that bad, you would have left. And it's, like, there are all these social, economic factors that are making us feel so locked in place. And the stigma of breaking those, um, you know, social rules isn't mm-hmm. always worth breaking them. Yeah. When the world has told you your whole life that you're a loser if you don't have a man, Mm -hmm. and then to leave a man, even if he's treating you badly, it can be a tough tug of war. Mm -hmm. And when, like, the court systems and the legal system tend to agree with that sentiment, it feels very futile. Yeah. And Jolenta, you also tapped in there into um, the economics. You just uh, talked about that just a little bit, which leads us to our next topic, Judy says one way to not get trapped with a bad man is to have your own profession and your own money. And all of you out there had a lot to say about that. Mm-hmm. Crystal says, my partner and I are both teachers. I love sharing a career with him. It is so wonderful. We have a shared account and I have a separate one, but only because of how our credit union works. Wow. So, Crystal, you're doing exactly the opposite of what Judy says. Mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. the same profession, all the same money. Um, but it sounds like it works for you. It sounds like, you know, in your own words, it's really wonderful. Now, Candace has a different story. Candace says, I was married for 21 years and was a stay-at-home mom married to a doctor. He paid the bills, and I did some part-time work but was just looking into going back to school when our marriage suddenly ended. I was on my own for a long time. He did provide support, which I felt fine about, given my part in his career trajectory. But Mm -hmm. I was at an extreme disadvantage having dropped out of school to follow him on his path. Totally my choice, but at 19, I probably didn't really have the life skills to know what that would mean. I've now, many years post-divorce, been living with my current partner for eight years, and we keep our money totally separate. We split the rent, each have our own accounts. We have never had a fight about money because what's mine is mine, and what's his is his. Yeah. I mean, I feel like my mother could have written this. Uh, you just swap out 21 years of marriage and put in 32. Um, <laughs> but this is basically the first year after her divorce for, I think, my birthday. She gave me like a little bit of money and she was like, this money is for you to get your own checking account again because uh, Brad and I had joined it and I had left like a local credit union. Um, so it ended up being easy to just like jump onto his account. And she was like, have your own account. Have your own money. Make sure you keep some things separate. Like, because she had completely entrusted herself, as I think society and my father expected her to, uh, including all the financial duties, and then was left essentially high and dry and uneducated because, like, it wasn't her business. 
um, and it's just shitty. And so I've, I thought about my mom a lot during that chapter, too, where I was like, I know I disagree with this, but my mom would hard agree, and she's from a similar generation as Judge Judy. Yeah, and I hard agree with Judge Judy on that, too. Uh, Dean mm-hmm. and I, it's come up in prior episodes of the show as well. Dean and I keep our money 100% separate. Right. We file separate taxes. We do everything separate. And as you know, we're very harmonious with money. We're really happy. I would <laughs> so, say, you guys are, like, you're, like, you operate no or more or less smoothly than Brad or I. So, like, there's yeah. literally no difference as far as I'm concerned. It's just whatever works best for you. Of course, not everybody can do what works best for them. For example, Danielle. I'll let you read this one, Jolenta. Danielle says, I always planned to keep my career, but it just wasn't in the cards for me. We have two kids and one is autistic. I couldn't work and still get him to all of his therapies or provide him the support that he needs. I get so tired of the working mom versus stay-at-home mom debate. In my opinion, instead of pretending like there is one best way, we should work towards a society that supports families' choices. If a woman wants to work, there should be enough child care support to allow her to do so. If she wants to stay at home, there should be enough good jobs for her partner to allow her to do so. The same goes for fathers who want to stay at home or want to continue working. Sadly, I know women who work even though they want to be at home because they can't afford to stay at home. I also know women who want to work but don't because they don't make enough money to justify the high cost of childcare bills. The best scenario is a society in which everyone is empowered to make the choices that best suits their family's needs and desires. Mm. Yes. And we would also then have to pay childcare workers what they actually deserve. Which is so much more. And educators. Yes, all of the above. Yes, yes, yes. Now, overall, nearly 100 of you shared the story of your finances on our Facebook community, and the vast majority of you pool all of your money with your partner into a shared account. Almost all of you do. But on Twitter, the stats were very different. 76% of you there keep separate bank accounts from your partners. What is the, like, statistical breakdown on, like, the populations who use one or the other? Because, like, that's that's where we need to start doing our next survey. Because apparently we're turning into, like, a polling group. Well, Twitter is interesting because the users are younger, far more likely to be urban. A very large percentage are journalists or people in mm. creative fields. And I wonder if those are just populations that are, I don't know, um, more likely to... Uh, keep their money separate because right. uh, they're, they're less, quote, conventional careers. Maybe if you have less conventional careers, maybe you're keeping your money in less conventional ways. I'm not really sure. Um, or maybe just younger people were really taught that message from Judge Judy. You got to make sure you have your own money. I think it must also, I feel like it has to also do with like some sort of freelance culture, but like maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. It's a stretch. Let's let's go on to a different topic so I can stop making things up. Um, Oh, and this is one of my favorite topics. I think it is yours as well. Yes. We want to talk about Judge Judy's claim that you can't teach a bull to dance, which meant nothing to me when I first read it. Um, In other (laughs) words, that means we should accept that certain things aren't going to change in our partners. And a lot of you shared some of those things in your relationships. 
Yes. The list could go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. We received like 100 responses <laughs> it's an to this question. <laughs> but here are just a few. Katie says, my husband is never going to be the guy who enjoys going out to social or family events with me. I fought it so hard for years and got disappointed so many times and finally just decided to stop investing any feelings into whether he attends most events. If that's the worst thing about him, that's pretty good. Alden says, I've been married 20 years and I feel like I let go of a lot of things, like that his clothes never quite make it into the laundry basket a long time ago. But some of the big things, like that he promises to accomplish specific tasks, but then doesn't do them until I've reminded him many, 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 many times over many months or years, that bothers me now more than it did 20 years ago. Julie says, he's not a fashion plate or even a fashion spoon. He's not even in the kitchen, to be honest. And although I wasn't always, I am now 100% okay with it at this point because He's a damn good human. <laughs> um, as I said, there are hundreds of other responses to, you know, what your bull is not going to dance about. And if you want to read them, be sure to go to our Facebook community. That's facebook.com slash groups slash btbpod. The responses are fantastic. And I'm sure a lot of you will see yourselves in those comments. Yeah, like I kind of think Brad may have written in under a pseudonym as Alden. <laughs> so just going to put that out there, Brad and or Alden. I see you. All right. We're going to take another quick break. But when we come back, we have one last listener letter. And of course, we will announce next week's book. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and French fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season, where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with Sirius XM's Listen Next program presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with Sirius XM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We are back, and now one last letter about Beauty Fades, Dumb as Forever by Judge Judy. Karen says, just finished listening to the Judge Judy episode. As a freelancer, I really appreciated this. Right now, I'm feeling overwhelmed by some work deadlines, and like I'm not as on the ball with my admin as I thought I was after a small mishap, which is especially frustrating because recently I'd been thinking I'd grown my freelance business to where I want it to be. Listening to the two of you face frustrations with money due to freelancing and not wanting to follow through on commitments, respectively, made me feel so much better. If you two can be frustrated or struggle with freelancing and career and goal development and still be awesome, I think I can too. Yes, yes, Karen, you can too. And you know what? We know a lot of people out there are freelancers now. 
our economy has changed so much. Mm. What did they say about 15 years ago? They're like, the world is becoming a gig economy. And they said it so cute and snappy back then. It's like, it's not so cute and snappy all the time. This gig economy mm-hmm. sucks a lot of the time. It takes a lot of self-motivation. Yeah, begging yes. for your own wages. Like, it yeah. can feel degrading and like a constant slog and really futile. I feel like especially when we're working in like an extra vacuum situation of this pandemic and being home alone or just with spouses, it's it's hard to feel like the struggle is worth it or mm-hmm. like anything matters. So I'm glad that we can give you some hope. <laughs> so listening to me delete my entire YouTube channel that I spent tens of, Uh, I don't know, hours making, many, many, many hours making that YouTube channel and then just deleting it all. I'm glad it gave you comfort, Karen. (laughs) I mean, Kristen, no offense, listening to you deal with anything technological like always makes me feel good about myself. (laughs) I'm glad. I'm glad. Sorry, was that too mean? No, no, it's not at all. And we just want to say, Karen, our heart goes out to you. You can do it. And everybody out there, because that is a huge percentage of America and the world Even right now. Even if you're not freelancing and just struggling with working at home, like we hear yeah, you. Yeah, all of you. We're with you. And yeah, it's not always easy. All right. Huge, huge thank you to everyone who wrote in and to everyone who called in. Reminder, if you want to leave us a voicemail, hit us up. Our number is 302 302- Four nine books. That's three zero two four nine two six six five seven. All righty, Jolenta, it's that time now. Oh, love this time! It is the time when we announce next week's book. Our next book is "How to Be Famous" by Spencer Pratt and Heidi Montag. What lengths will you and I go to, Jolenta, to become famous? Will the paparazzi follow us everywhere we go? What are the chances that we will end up on the cover of In Touch magazine? Listen next week to find out. And that's it for this mini episode of By the Book. Huge, huge thank you to our amazing production team at Stitcher, Daisy Rosario, Brandon Nix, Corinne Wallace, and Andy Christens. And of course, thanks to Nate Wida. He composed our theme song and to the Rizzos who perform our theme song. Please stay in touch. Let us know if you've read Beauty Fades, Dumb is Forever, and of course, send us any questions or suggestions for future books for us to live by. You can write to us at kristenandjolenta at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at Jolenta G, at Kristen Meinzer, or at By the Book Pod. And of course, follow us on Instagram at By the Book Pod. And don't forget to rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or the Stitcher app or wherever you are listening. When you rate us and review us, it helps other people who are just scrolling around looking for new shows to find. It helps them see us and see that other people like us. It's just like when you're like, what donut shop should I go to? And you Google it and then you see one has five stars. We want to be that donut shop. Yes, we do. (laughs) Tell a friend about the show, rate us and review us, spread the donut and the podcast love. (laughs) Until next time, I'm Jolenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Oh, Brandon did a costume change? Whoa, he took off his jacket.
(laughs) (laughs) He's a new man. Stitcher. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with Sirius XM's Listen Next program presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with Sirius XM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.